Hello, you're listening to Five Years Time, the podcast. I'm Darcy. And I'm Harry. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, people. I hope you're having a great start to your week so far. And if you're listening on a Thursday, well, have a great weekend. Little disclaimer, today's episode was actually recorded back in October last year, and although a lot has happened since then, as we know in this ever-changing world, it's all still relative. It is indeed. Our guest today is a West End superstar with a voice to die for, doesn't she? Amazing, amazing. And she is also unbelievably lovely, so you're in for a right treat today. You are. Today's guest is... Do you want a drum roll? Go on then, we love a drum roll. Boom, 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 boom. Georgina Castle. So the day before we recorded this episode, we went to watch Georgina in Cinderella, Andrew Lloyd Webber's brand new musical, which she is currently starring in as a stepsister. We thoroughly enjoyed the show and would defo recommend to go and see it. 100%. Georgina especially is just brilliant, isn't she? Very good. Very, very funny. Unfortunately, in December, the show was closed due to COVID and has stayed that way until last week. But the good news is they're back up and running. So get yourself there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's jump straight back to October 2021, shall we? (laughs) Hello, how are you? We're very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Last night was absolutely amazing. Was. You are just brilliant, insane. We loved it. You were so oh, funny. Thank you. Oh, you we guys are so up. kind. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a nice audience for a Wednesday evening, actually, because sometimes the midweek ones are a little bit sleepy. Um, nice. <laughs> but, oh, really? They yeah. haven't got the weekend hype. Exactly. <laughs> haven't got the weekend hype. And it's often an older crowd on a Wednesday, which we love because they're still enjoying it. But no, last night was a good one. And the stage moving oh, that was crazy. all the way around, that actually blew my mind. Were you expecting that? Did you know that was going to happen? Or? at no. all. We saw the ushers kind of like talking to the members of audience in that area. And we were like, something's definitely going to happen. I think but- they were trying to tell them not to have like, I figured it out after. We were trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, nothing's going to rush along the floor. But I reckon <laughs> it was like a glass of wine, maybe. Oh, right. Yeah. I reckon that was probably it. But- yes. I know. Well, we had one guy the other day, bless him, he's an older guy, and he was on crutches, and he'd sort of left his crutches just behind the revolve, and the whole thing started spinning, and I think he got quite panicked because he was like, how long am I going to be on the other side? I'm now without crutches. It was all a little bit of a dilemma. We had actually one girl, (laughs) as the stage started turning, she jumped up onto the front of the stage and sort of (gasps) turned her back to the audience to try to take a selfie with the audience. (laughs) I was thinking it is putting so much temptation right in front of yeah. you. You feel like you're on the stage, don't you? No, and maybe you feel like you have more permission to sort of reach out and grab, but but you don't. No. <laughs> How was like rehearsing that? Because I'm guessing that's a first for you as well, the whole stage and audience moving around. What, what was that process like? Totally. Well, we didn't know that that was going to be a part of the show. So when we first started the rehearsal process, we were all sat in our sort of, we were actually 
socially distanced. We were set in our little COVID safe boxes on the stage. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just started turning. And it took us a second to realize what was happening because it's it's quite slow. Mm. So I was like, wait, am I spinning? Do I have vertigo? <laughs> is, something, is something wrong with me? And then I was like, oh, no, I get it. I see what's happening now. So we knew that it was going to be kind of like a special thing. But then rehearsing it was hard because you have to bring in all of the, the crew and the stage management and the technical team to make sure that it spins safely because it, it spins around and then you have the inside revolve that goes the other way and then the one inside of that that goes the other way. Gosh. So it's yeah. quite the operation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It That's is just amazing. So you didn't realise it at first, did you? It took quite a while no. for you to realise what was going on. And I was like, I was looking at probably the same as what you felt when you first, it first happened. Yeah, so I was like, thinking... What is going on right now? I think because you're focusing so hard on what's going on, it, stage, it almost yeah. you just go with the flow, literally, and then you suddenly yeah. realise that the audience right. in front of you are on the other side. But yeah, it was amazing, such was a such cool a, experience. Yeah, great I, idea. I often like peek around the curtain and I have a look at people's faces as it starts to spin, <laughs> and it does take a few seconds. The closer you are to the front, the later you realise because you're just you're still watching the action. You've got no yeah. idea what's happening behind you and you start hearing everyone gasp and you're yeah. like oh what's going yeah. on <laughs> yeah what's happening what's happening we'd love to chat a little bit more obviously about cinderella and starring in a brand new musical how exciting but um to start the podcast we always like to kind of jump back a little bit and find out if what you're doing now was always your dream were you always into musical theatre and singing obviously we know that tennis runs in your family so was that ever a, a path for you where did it kind of start I guess where did it begin so the tennis thing we always played tennis like a lot as a family but I think my dad quite actively didn't want to push us down that route <laughs> I don't know maybe he just thought it's a hard career and I'd turn around and go and be an actress which is <laughs> just as difficult um so we, we, yeah, we always, we always played a lot, a lot of sport, but for me, it was always musicals that I was passionate about. And my mum tells the story of how we went to go see like circuses as a kid. And I was always the first one with my hand up wanting to get up there and just <laughs> jump around on stage. I mean, I just thought what a fantastic way to earn a living, like just prancing about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so it was always musicals. And then school gets in the way and life gets in the way and other sort of like societal pressures or people going, oh, are you sure you're going to make it? So I had a little bit of a crisis point at like 17, 18, where I thought, am I actually going to be able to make a living doing this? Or do I go to university? Like everyone is sort of saying I should. Um, but in the end, no, I decided that musical theatre and acting is where my heart is. So I went to drama school and so far so good. It's been okay, but it's never an easy, it's never a sort of one-way trajectory for anyone. I guess there's all sorts of like other things that come into play when when you work out what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, and we always say on the pod that 18 is such a young age to kind mm. of have to make all these massive decisions. It is kind of that crossroad age where you either take education much more seriously or you get a full-time job. And I mean, when you look back at 18, that is such a young age to make those massive decisions. And, mm. you know, there are ways to change paths along the way, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But then some people... I was offered the chance to go to America when I was like 15 or 16 to be in a girl band. And 15 or 16 year old me was like, 
oh my god I've got to go like this is so cool and my pa- it was actually my parents that said no you should probably stay finish your education do your A-levels and then go and do whatever you want to do and at the time oh my god can you imagine I was like I hate you <laughs> how could you do this to me like what the hell but I was 15 like of course that's what your instinct is is to go and fly but now I am, I am pleased that I have that behind me, but yeah, it is, it's a very young age and there's so much pressure put on people as well. Like, oh, your A-levels are the most important things you'll ever do, or your GCSEs mm. are the most important thing. And it's like, no, life can chop and change. And <laughs> like with the podcast in five years time, who knows where you're going to be? Yeah. Like things move, a lot can happen in just six months. And how did you find that experience going? Did you go to Central? Yes, no? I did. So you know what? It was actually not a great experience. I'm glad that I went and I did the three-year degree course in acting. But drama school, and I think that one in particular, is um, it's quite emotionally draining because they really want to like tear apart everything that you think you've built for yourself or about yourself. Because obviously you are only 18 often when you go and they go, they just they dismantle you quite a lot. And it's actually quite... Um, shaking if that's a word it's it's quite scary like there's a lot of the exercises are very invasive or like make you very vulnerable and emotional so it's super intense but having said that I am really glad that I went and I think it was a great training but yeah be prepared if you're going to go to drama school for everything Darcy told me about her experience she did something similar and she's told me similar stories and like I went to golf school so that was that was a breeze. That was great fun. But not You went to yeah, golf school. I went to golf school. Harry's yeah, a professional golfer. Oh, fantastic. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but obviously the the stories that you've told me and like different experiences on how intense it is is Yeah. Is is crazy, isn't it? Really? I, I was just gonna say it's so reassuring to hear you say that. I, I just found it really, really challenging. And like you, I'm now looking back, I'm so glad I did it, but I, I wouldn't do it again for love nor money. Not not a chance. You couldn't pay me to do it again. And I think that is part of the process is that it is a one-time thing. You sort of get one shot to really like get inside somebody's head, somebody's heart, shake it all around. Because I think if we were to go back in now, being slightly older, I don't know, perhaps we just have a different way of protecting ourselves. So Mm. I don't know whether I would have a massive guard up and I just wouldn't let them mould me as much or it could go the other way and you just end up giving your whole heart because you know that Mm. it's sort of like it's actually a safe environment. They're not just being mean to you. But I think when you go at 16 or 18, it is a bit of a shock bit of a shock to the system we should have just we should have played golf <laughs> <laughs> honestly it was it was so easy and so fun that i think you, yeah, you all right don't rub it in <laughs> <laughs> now that you've like both been through it it would you obviously it's worked you know you're doing very well now would you say that there's a different way to do it or do you think that the way they do it is harsh but well that's a really good question is you know it creates performers and talent it's necessary you know what's I think different people respond to different types of training. So I think where you go really matters. Everyone has their own personal experience with it. And when people come to me and they say, oh, I really want to go to drama school, I am the first person to go, yeah, I think it's great. I think you should do it 100%. But I'm on the other end of the phone if you're having a bad day or if something has really like made you feel very upset because that is part of it but I do actually think it is an essential part 
of the process I mean I never used to cry before at anything and now like the smallest thing makes me cry and I'm like I think that's drama school I think they turned me into an emotional wreck but it's actually helpful for what I do so there are of course other ways to do it and lots of people don't go to drama school and like jump straight into the industry but I I think that everyone should go through a year of some sort of like because it's like emotional life training as well it's all about mm. like connecting into connecting in with how you feel and mm. no it's a, that is an interesting question though talking about it i wish that golf school was harder yeah. like now obviously coming out of golf school and out of uni and all that kind of stuff i wish that from a younger age you're pushed a little bit harder but, but then you must have been pushed in terms of like time spent like on the golf course the discipline mm. of being like a sportsman like there's other pressures that come with being an athlete and then also the mental pressure of having to perform and not wanting yeah. to let people down mm. by not making anything. And you, you wouldn't have been the golfer you are today if you'd done it differently, would you? No. Well, <laughs> enough about me. Let's get back. <laughs> no, Let's I love that. Fun. <laughs> what an interesting career. Very cool. And then, so obviously you did your training, entering the industry, a, a new ball game, how did you find that? Was the challenges less than kind of what you were expecting after the intense training? How did you find entering the industry? Yeah, how did I find that? You know what, I was actually quite lucky in the sense that after leaving drama school, I had my first job quite quick, quite quick, but not super quick. There was still like four or five months where, you know, I was like doing all the things that you need to do, waitressing or nannying or teaching or whatever it is which I also think is quite an important part of the journey because if you jump straight into something, you go, oh, this is easy, which then makes the unemployment and the waiting harder, I think, mm. the other side, because it's inevitable part. It's an inevitable part of the process. At some point, you will be unemployed and or you know feel lost within the industry. Um, but luckily, that was quite a short period of time. And I just had the best time. Oh my God, I went a little bit wild because drama school was so <laughs> strict and I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I wasn't allowed to wash my hair more than once every two weeks. I wasn't allowed nail varnish. They wanted me to be like, really like dirty. Why weren't you allowed to wash your hair? That sounds like probably it's back to core. Like <laughs> I, I know fully. It was like, yeah, no makeup, nothing, sort of nothing that makes you look appealing or attractive. You just have to be like your bare self wow god that sounds very different to my experience we Mm. basically had to have a full face and red lipstick on every day which i found equally as draining so it is just mad how different the experiences are isn't it totally i know lane and i've got there are some people in cinderella at the moment and we, we often talk about like drama school and our experiences and yeah it was always you turn up full face makeup on and there was all this pressure with weight and i mean everywhere comes with their different things yeah so going into the industry you must have felt fresh hair every day (laughs) I felt fantastic I was like yeah throw on a wig whack on a load of makeup I was like have a great time also I was doing dirty dancing which is just the most fun show in the world and I had a tiny part which meant that I was going out every night because it sort of felt like my uni experience because drama school wasn't like uni we didn't really party so it was it was fun to be able to sort of let my hair down. But in terms of like going into the industry, I thought actually people are really friendly. 
outside oh, that's of so good. <laughs> really nice. And I got lucky, I had a lovely cast and the show is just such a treat. When Johnny comes in and says, nobody puts baby in the corner, <laughs> like the audience just goes wild. And I was like, oh. yes, I live for this. <laughs> <laughs> Were you Lisa the, is it Lisa the older sister? Yes, I was Lisa, yeah. the baby's dorky older sister. Oh, <laughs> you do that, is it like the hula dance or oh, something? Just sing really badly and out of tune the whole way through. It's such, it's such a little gift of a part because you come on, sing a funny song and then wander off again. Yeah, that must have been a lovely first role, actually, yeah. to like warm yourself into big productions. Totally. And I think it builds your confidence and you're not sort of diving into like a huge lead role. But I did audition for Baby and they said, you're about five inches too tall. So come back for the older sister. Shame. <laughs> I love that part. So are you a triple threat? Are you a dancer as well? And taking on all that, the baby does a lot of dancing, doesn't she? I I am... Um, <laughs> I'm a strong mover, as oh, they yeah. say. A strong mover. I can dance, but I am not like I can't whack a leg over my head, or I'll never be like like a beautiful dancer. Just I'll just never do it. <laughs> but I love to dance. I love it. And how did you find it going into that that role you're talking about, Lisa? It sounds like you were one of the main people, but obviously you're saying it was quite a nice one to go into. Did you have a lot of nerves going into that? And yeah. do you still struggle with nerves? Is it part of the whole process? I think my nerves come in more when I'm auditioning. I Again, I'm quite a lucky person in that my nerves don't manifest as like those sort of horrible butterfly nerves. You know, when you're like, oh, I feel sick. I'm literally not going to be able to do this. I end up just being a little bit of a bitch for about two days before a big audition or a big show. <laughs> and my mum's like, she can always tell. She's like, oh, you've got something coming up that you're a little bit stressed about. Because oh, I must really? walk around like, with my shoulders up to my neck, just <laughs> like an anxious mess. But I'm like, I feel fine. But I'm being an awful human being. Um, but like when it comes to actually performing, I don't get super nervous, but I was like beyond nervous when I was singing at the Royal Albert Hall I was on my own with like a 60 piece band behind me and I was singing a solo then I was really nervous because I thought god this might be the only time in my whole life that I perform here and there'll be like videos of it forever if I mess up it will haunt me so my <laughs> god was I nervous that day what do you do like when you do feel really nervous I mean I don't think there's that much you can do about just walking around being really angry but (laughs) 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 do you do you have like a a coping mechanism or I don't know something that you you that you do to try and calm yourself down or make yourself feel a bit better I do I do actually it's a little bit of a cliche but my dad always said to me keep your powder dry And I was like, I don't know what that means. I've never really understood what that means. But I feel like it just, it means try to keep a little bit of yourself for yourself. So if you're going in and there's somebody that's ticking you in for the audition, you know, it doesn't have to be a big conversation of like, hi, how are you? You don't need to give them all your energy. It's like, just keep a little bit, keep a little bit for yourself, like that little bit that you can just hold on to. And like, it sort of calms me, even though I don't fully know what it means. And I think especially for auditions, often you get there and you have to run straight in. And I just, I now that I've got older, I never used to do this and I wish that I did. I've, I'm just getting used to saying, sorry, can I just have one minute? I just need to go to the toilet, catch my breath, put my bags down, you know, all of that stuff, which seems so basic, but 
makes such a difference when you just need to settle yeah definitely and you can just like you say be yourself can't you because when you go in in a bit of a a bit manic you you almost become someone else don't you you're not yeah and I'm quite an easily manic person I don't know you guys seem very calm which is so nice but I'm always like sorry I'm late or I'm like five minutes <laughs> I get the day wrong and I'm like George just calm down think think things through but I think well that comes with age and like learning about yourself and I assume it's the same with golf isn't it it's like you can't just if it's I don't know god I really know anything but if it's your turn you don't just go okay sorry I'll take I'll be as quick as I can to make sure mm. somebody else gets in yeah exactly there's um like in like we're going to into it but pre-shot routine is like a big thing in golf and they talk about it a lot because you do the exact same thing before every shot so you're always calm and you know if there's a really high pressure situation which is probably the same situation as you then if you have the same process going into it every time, you'll always be calm. Mm. I mean, it doesn't work all the time. Sometimes I'm bricking it and not enjoying the situation, but... Yeah, for sure. Actually, there are quite a lot of similarities as to when you go in for an audition, I guess, in terms of like the outward looking, because mm. you're like, you're always thinking, oh, who else is in for this part? Or mm. have I seen them in auditions before? Or you can hear them sing and you go, oh God, that was a beautiful shot or that was a beautiful mm. note. Like... That comparison is really, really there, isn't it? Sorry, just because you've brought that up. How do you deal with that? Comparison is a massive thing in the performing arts industry. You can't help it. You're in a room with 10 other girls that look exactly the same as you and you're trying to beat them for the same thing you will want. So how do you overcome that and try not to let it overtake your life almost? Well, I think comparison is inevitable just because you're forced often to watch everyone dance in the same routine to see everyone sing like or to hear people sing it, it's going to happen but I think and it's taken me a long time to sort of realize that there is literally not one thing I can do about what anybody else does all I can control is what I do when I go in there and when I realized that I was like it was like a huge weight off my shoulders. It's inevitable, but it is the biggest waste of time. And also someone told me this quote, which I really liked. It's someone else's beauty is not the absence of your own. So oh, somebody else can go in and do an amazing audition, smash it out the park. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to do the same thing. Mm. So great. Now I'm just like, good for them. Just put good energy out for everyone because we all want everyone to do a good job and what's right for you won't go by you like if the role is meant to be yours it will be yours mm. and if it isn't then you have to just find a way to get over it pretty sharpish because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you'll spend your life being very miserable yeah. <laughs> have been lucky enough to get some amazing roles i mean we'd love to hear a little bit about them done mamma mia nine to five and now obviously cinderella have you had a favorite one have you got a favorite number lots of questions there <laughs> People, i know it's just like the whole thing so <laughs> mama mia was so special for me because they originally didn't want to see me for the role because they didn't think that i was very mama mia and i thought um i feel like i am mama mia like i live in fake tan i have blonde hair <laughs> my mom's a bit of a hippie she's always running around barefoot I was like I swear I can do this and they were like no she can't she's not right she can't sing it so my agent at the time was like George they're telling me you can't do it and it's really making me angry so we're going to show them that you can so we recorded a video of me singing the Mamma Mia songs and essentially thrust it in their faces over and over and over again until they actually listened oh, wow. and then I got the job I was like 
yay it went against all my instincts to be like I don't know pushy I was always very much a people pleaser and I was like oh if they don't think I'm right maybe they're right but but it was turns worth out, it yeah were wrong. it was worth it and it's like it's so sometimes you've got to just I don't know. Put yourself out there and... Put yourself out there. Make yeah. yourself, like, vulnerable. So we did it. And actually, it was a similar sort of process for nine to five because they were only seeing a very select amount of people. And so, again, I recorded a video because I wasn't getting an audition. And then I got the job. So I was like, gosh, maybe maybe this is what I should just, just <laughs> force feed videos of me singing to casting directors around the, the UK. And how was that? Because that was a fairly new musical when you joined was it? I mean it must have only been out for a year or so how did you how did you find that what was that like I loved that nine to five will always have a special place in my heart because I didn't get to do it for very long because then COVID came and interrupted what was going to be my stint in the West End with it which I'm Aww. so looking forward to um but I mean never mind gosh it's affected many people in way worse ways but that was a shame but being part of a new show was very exciting. And having only had Natalie McQueen play the role before me recently, it had been out, I think, about eight or nine years before, but we had a new version of the show, meant that you can really put your own spin on it and you could really like sort of bring your own creativity to it. So now to actually get to do that properly with like an actual original role for Cinderella was really exciting but also really daunting and there was a lot of pressure that came with that compared to like a Sophie and Mamma Mia because Mamma Mia it's a tried and tested you know chemical formula it works the audience love it they're on their feet it's been running for like 21 years wow people have a great time I know it's amazing I might be wrong maybe it's 22 now um gosh so it was very daunting coming in and doing a new show a new part and going Will people like it? Will they find it funny? Will these bits land? You have to talk us through when you found out that you were going to be starring in a brand new Andrew Lloyd Webber show. You must have just been over the moon. No, I freaked out. I was so excited. When I I first got the audition through, I was teaching and I thought, oh God, this sounds fun. But I'd I'd had my hair done recently and there were two other girls in there, two other musical theatre performers, and they were also in for the role. And they're both incredible. So I thought you know what, this, I'm probably not going to get this. So I can just go in and have a great time. And our first audition was in August, 2020. So it was in the middle of, well, very heavy COVID times. And we performed on stage at the Palladium Theatre. So I was just full of joy that I was going to be on a stage singing a song. And that might sound completely pathetic, but I was just like, "My, that's lovely. I was so excited. So I literally just went out there and was like, this is me singing. (laughs) Bye. And I I thought nothing of it. I was like, nothing's going to happen because I don't think I was even acting. I was just enjoying singing on a stage. And then we got through to the next round and then straight through to the final. And did you know what the role was at this point? Like, did you have, or were they keeping everything quite quiet? I don't think that they knew. Like we did a lot of the discovering. We had like, we had an eight week rehearsal process because at first they wanted it very made in Chelsea accents. And then we went very sort of more Surrey, posh. And then we were meant to be bitchy. Then we were goofy. Then we were like glamorous. So a load of workshopping and... That was, on the one hand, so fun and also very stressful because you're constantly going, am I not giving 
what they want it to be. What is the vision of what they mm. want it to be? But I think we were all just working it out as we went along. And I think we've sort of, we've settled on something now, which is sort of probably a mixture of all of those things. And I'm sure it will evolve and change and people will come in and do a different version of each part, which will also be so fun to see. Thank it was so funny. It's such a brilliant show. We were cracking. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed parts. it. Yeah. Yay. And I think like talking to you now, like you are so kind of, you seem so in control and lovely and your character is almost the opposite of that, which is just brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, just shows what a brilliant actress you are. I love that my character gets a little bit of a journey because at the beginning, she's just completely vacant. Mm. <laughs> Typecast. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets... Well, she's just completely drunk for the second act, which is really fun to play. They, you know, they said that I could actually have alcohol in my hip flask. And I thought, I'll stick to apple juice just because on a two-show day, I think yeah. I might be yeah. absolutely missed. You know, that we're <laughs> drinking basically every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I know, every day of the week, like pour or whatever it is. I don't know. I, it's just apple juice, I promise. <laughs> How has it been like working with all these amazing people as well? Carrie Hope Fletcher is starring in the show alongside you. I'm guessing Andrew Lloyd Webber was heavily involved in all the workshopping. How did how did you find that experience? Oh, that was very cool. He was heavily involved with the whole process. So like from audition right up to opening night. And we still wow. see him. We still, we still sort of keep four or five seats reserved for him. Aww. So he can come in whenever and watch the show, which he does he does do you know the amazing thing actually about him is he is 74 years old now his passion for this industry is second to none like yes sometimes he's a bit eccentric he likes to control the whole process rather than sort of I think sometimes trusting other people but he has such an amazing vision and the most amazing ear so to be around him working something out he's like oh actually I want to change this song to seven eight or let's take it back and put it in five eight and I was just like how did wow. your mind work like this it was just incredible mm. it was Sounds incredible amazing. but yeah he's very present which as well is is reassuring it means that I think he believes in the show he believes in the product and it's pretty cool to have him there if people are in the audience it's fun to spot Andrew Lloyd Webber harder to get into certain roles than others like for example this role might be completely different to the Mamma Mia role is it is it harder to get into certain roles I think so for me I think Sophie was just an extension of like what my normal personality is which mm. maybe I shouldn't really say of course I'm acting but <laughs> it was just it was that one was easy like that one was a quick stroll onto the stage and it sort of just comes out Dora Lee took a little bit of time to sort of get the accent yeah. in my brain. But this one, I think emotionally takes a little bit more effort because I am miserable for the whole of the second act. So I'm just like, I want to get to a place of like, uh, just <laughs> despair <laughs> for the whole of act two. It's exhausting. And what was it like that first day when you opened? And I imagine the crowd went, absolutely wild and you've done it after all that time off all that kind of sadness that the, the industry had had for so long it just must have been amazing oh it was amazing we we all got very emotional because Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber Lawrence Connor our director and Emerald Fennell our writer all went out and they did a speech to 
the audience that were there on our first night, basically just thanking them for coming out to support the arts, talking about what a terrible year and a half it's been for the whole industry. And all of us backstage were sort of gently weeping or sort of violently <laughs> weeping. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, but it was a really powerful evening. Yeah. It was just so nice to see faces, but we were only at 50% capacity at that point. Mm. So it was less faces, but happy, smiley ones underneath the masks. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You've obviously done some amazing roles so far, and it's probably going to be quite a hard question, but is there your, like, your biggest achievement or uh, role that you're most proud of? Oh, yes. <laughs> I Weirdly, the first thing that comes into my mind is 9 to 5. It's playing... Aww orally at nine to five I think there are certain ones that just like leave a bit of a mark on your heart and I think I don't know if this sounds arrogant but I was proud of myself for that one I was proud of what I did when I was on stage and I really really loved it so for me I think that was like a that was a nice one. Oh, no, that doesn't sound arrogant yeah, no, at, all. at all. You should be proud of yourself. Thank you. <laughs> you um, do you have a favourite musical? It doesn't have to be one that you've necessarily been in. My favourite musical? I mean, oh, I'm such a cliche. I just grew up watching Grease over and over and over again. And now, obviously, there's all sorts of issues with Sandy changing herself to please a man, which I totally get, but... It just it used to bring me so much joy, but I love the classics like Mary Poppins, Sound of Music. There's there's so many, there's so many, and I'm just a huge Judy Garland fan. So meet me oh, in some of the I love. Is there a musical that you would like to star in? If you could have your dream role, my dream role, I would love to play Molly in Ghost if it oh. comes back again, and I would also love to do a Jenna in Waitress. <sighs> Yes, you would be amazing at that. I read in for the auditions for it last year. And actually, that was a really great learning curve to see all of these amazing actresses come in, like Jodie Steele, Emma Hatton, Natalie McQueen, Chelsea Halfpenny, who's going to be playing the role. Mm -hmm. It was so funny to see all of these people come in and I'm like, you're literally iconic. And everyone has the same experience. They still have the same nerves. They still sometimes put the water bottle on the floor and then knock it over (laughs) or fluff up the music it's like everyone goes through the same thing in an audition I found that quite reassuring (laughs) yes definitely I've been to see Waitress a few times and Lucy Jones is just oh my goodness that I I haven't seen her do it you just cry every time oh my god I come out like a wimping mess it's ridiculous (laughs) that drama school as well just be weeping all the time This is not musical related. We quite like to ask all our guests this. Is there a song that you put on for motivation or to pick up your spirits? A song that we could put on today to have a feel good moment? I love one that comes into my head is Destination Anywhere. It's from The Commitments. And it's just this like groovy soul song. And it's it's a great walking down the road when the sun is shining day. It's like a da 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 da. Oh, that sounds good. It sounds like one of those songs that if you're in a movie and you're walking down the street, they always put on. Everyone is always in their own. I mean, we are all the centre of our own universe, right? So you can just be sat in the back of a taxi and it's pouring with rain and you're like, this is me and my music video. (laughs) Just have one teardrop rolling down your cheek. (laughs) Perfectly timed with the key change. (laughs) No, I love that. Destination Anywhere and I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Is there a piece of advice that you give to your younger self? Yeah, 
it would be, well, for theatre school, I would say just dive into any exercise, like throw yourself completely 100% in. They're not trying to ruin your soul. They're not trying to completely take you apart. They're trying to, they are going to build you back up again, but you have to give yourself to it or it's not going to work. So just try and not overthink, overanalyze, criticize the teachers, question what they're doing. Trust it mm-hmm. if you can. And I think in general, as a life thing, and this is something that I'm still grappling with, but it's stop trying to please everyone. You cannot do it. It's impossible. And I think we've all learned that, especially after this last year and a half. Like it's been so divisive, mm-hmm. like lockdown, no lockdown, left, right political persuasions, like whatever it is, whatever you say is going to bother someone. So just if you're speaking your truth, that's all that you can do. You're never going to make everyone happy. And then finally, we do like to ask, you might have guessed, where do you see yourself in five years time? My sort of, my goals have slightly shifted after this last year and a half. I've always said that I want to do I want to do this my whole life. So in five years time, I hope that I am in a musical somewhere in some part of the world, singing and dancing on stage. But now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm like, actually in five years time, I would like to be a bit more settled. So maybe there's a partner in that picture as well. But I think, I think ultimately, I hope to just be on a stage somewhere. Oh, that's lovely. It's obviously a passion. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely chatting to you. You are absolutely lovely. And thank you so much for coming to see the show and for like coming to support and having me on. It's it's really, really kind of you. Thank you. What a warm and bubbly chat. She is just so lovely. So lovely. Thank you so, so much for chatting to us, Georgina. We really, really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can watch her now in Cinderella at the Gillian Lynn Theatre. We strongly recommend it, don't we? We do. That's very good. As for us, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a brilliant week. Au revoir. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs>